Hey everybody and welcome back to Steve's 2021 NRL Season Previews. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. Today we're going to be discussing the New Zealand Warriors and see what their hopes are for the 2021 season. But before we do so, just a quick reminder that every Tuesday, starting from next Tuesday, so six days away, uh, Steve's NRL Footy Tips will be back bigger than ever in 2021. I'm going to have some special guests on. I'm going to discuss all the latest team news each and every week. And I'm going to put my tips in every round for the NRL Telstra Premiership this season. So check that out from 5 p.m. every Tuesday afternoon on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor, and more. And please go ahead and like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. That'll keep you uh, up to date with all the latest shows and information. And you can go back and look at all the other season previews I've done so far. The New Zealand Warriors are my eighth one. I've done teams like the Titans, the Storm, mainly. It's been a couple of big days for Steve's NRL 2021 season previews. All right, today we're going to be talking about the New Zealand Warriors, and they were a team last year that ended their season with eight wins and 12 losses to narrowly miss out on a finals berth. Let's uh, let's admit, though, that they had a lot of distractions off the field. Obviously, with COVID, the New Zealand Warriors were heroic to go that well. They had a lot of players traveling back and forth from New Zealand. Guys like Kemba Marlowe and Fusatua didn't play large portions of the year. And the end result, they won three out of their first 10 matches, which resulted in the sacking of Stephen Kearney, a bit harshly in my opinion, considering they couldn't play at home all season. The Warriors, they were forced to relocate to Australia and uh, and pretty much say goodbye to a lot of their family members and Unless they're, unless they're Australia-based, they, they pretty much couldn't go home for six months straight. But in the back half of the year, the second half of the year, they were five wins and five losses and showed a lot of heart and won a lot of fans over. It was an absolutely fantastic effort by them, led by their heroic captain, Roger Tuivasi Shek. In the off-season, they've got their new coach, Nathan Brown, who has come into the club to lead them this year. They've also got coaching consultant, expert of the game, Phil Gould, to come in and give them a hand as well. So... Uh, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of reasons that the Warriors can continue to improve. They were tenth last year, obviously, with eight wins and twelve losses. But it is RTS's final season with the club. He's going to Rugby Union next year, and you go have a look at the player movement as we do for all these team previews. You'll see that they've lost a lot of fringe first graders to Warriors, but they've also gained a lot of first graders and a lot of consistent forwards. So there's a lot of movement. I'm not to say where everybody went, but as you see, as you'll see when I read these guys out. Their key components of RTS, Cody Nikarima, uh, all those guys kind of stay the same, and uh, and Tavita Harris as well in the spine. But there is a couple key personnel changes. So uh, their losses first. They've lost Alvaro. He's gone to the Dragons. Beal, Adam Blair, both retired. Lachlan Burr's gone. Uh, Fasamiluli's gone. Blake Green, Herbert, Heverington, George Jennings, Adam Keegan, Tane Milne. Ignatius Parsi, Isaiah Papali, and Nathaniel Roach. As you can see, a lot of those guys were, you know, fringe first graders. Their big losses, in my opinion, probably were Blake Green was their biggest, and Patrick Herbert was a very good center as well, who's gone to the Titans. However, they have gained Ewan Aiken from the Dragons, the strike center out there. Kane Evans, solid forward from the Parramatta. Their big signing of Adam Fanua Blake, coming from the Manly Seagulls, one of the best competition uh, forwards in the competition when he's fit. But it will be interesting to see how he adjusts to the new rules. They've also got Marcelo Montoya from the Bulldogs, a winger 
Um, ben Murdoch Masilla comes back from the Warrington Wolves. He's a very, very solid forward and we'll be interested to see his development back in the NRO after a few years abroad. You've also got Sean Sullivan from the Broncos, who was a handy backup half, and Bailey Silver and a good young second row from the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who really made an impact in the, with that club in 2020. So, Overall, what they've lost, as I said, a lot of depth, uh, a lot of depth, and a lot of fringe first graders. The signings that they've gained, in particular for Newell Blake, Aitken, Murdoch Masilla, and Bailey Sirinan, they really add a lot of strike power and uh, really can get this attack going. Because at times the Warriors' attack last year did struggle a little bit. I mean, Cody Nikarima and Chanel Tavita Harris looked like they found a partnership, but it didn't always go their way. The Warriors scored. 343 points, which was one of the lowest in the NRL, and their defense wasn't much better, conceding 458, um, which is better than a lot of sides that didn't make the top eight, but uh, not enough to be contenders come the back end of the finals. And while they were only two games away from making the finals, at the halfway point of the season, pretty much their season was done and dusted with only three wins to their names after 10 rounds. So uh, if we go to the NRL.com ladder, like we always do, we'll see their predicted round one team uh, and it's, as you can see, there's a lot of key men that are the same, but these strike weapons that they've signed that will boost it and boost their attack, uh, you can notice in in this side. So we'll have a look uh, at the side, and that fullback, they've got Roger Tuavavi Shek, the wingers, Fusa Tua, and Ken Mamalo, who are both back in the team after missing significant times in 2020. Peter Hickey and Ewan Aiken are the centers. Cody Nikarima and Chanel Tavita Harris in the halves. The props for Noah Blake, Lisa Armar, Jazz Tavanga is the hooker. The second row, Ben Murdoch, MasillaNRL.com has interestingly starting in his first game back. Elise Katoa and Toe Harris, the ever-reliable lock, um, is there as well. On the bench, Bailey Surinan, the new signing, Jermaine Tanoa Brown, Kane Evans, and Jack Murchie. I'm pretty sure that the Warriors will almost be full strength come round one. Their only real injury concern is Wade Egan, who most likely would have started the year at hooker. Uh, he got injured in the trials, so Jazz Tavunga, who's played there recurrently anyway throughout the last couple of years will start there, which in my opinion actually makes their side stronger because you look at their forward pack and they've got a lot of strike weapons, a lot of size and a lot of power that Justavanga, uh, you know, his, his ability to break a game open with his speed and intensity from dummy half, not a bad decision there. So uh, really their only injury to as I said, is Wade Egan. They've got guys like Bunty Afoa, uh, Montoya, Adam Pompoy and Carl Lawton, all that have not made the first-grade team. Also, Paul Turner, who played a couple games at halfback last year, also a handy signing for him as well, just to have as a backup there uh, for the halves if any of them go down with Sean Sutherland. So, how do the Warriors improve, and how do they make the finals in 2021? Well, it's got to be off the back, as I said. Commitment in defense is an issue. Um, the fact that they seem to go throughout games and their attack stutters with, you know, the inexperience of the halves. Nicarima and Harris Tavita is probably one of the most inexperienced halves combinations in the competition. They don't always get it right, but when they do, obviously they're explosive. Like, when you look at Cody Nicarima, I don't know if his best position is 5'8", but when he's on fire, he's on fire. But when they struggle to score points, the Warriors, that's when they can concede tries very quickly. If things aren't going their way, they seem to fold under pressure. And I think these new signings, guys like Murdoch, Masilla, Bailey, Sirin, and they're both really good defenders, and they'll add a lot to this forward pack. My worry about the forward pack and their defense in particular is these big units, guys like Vanua Blake, Lee Sanama, 
Murdoch, Masilla, Tohu, Harris, who's got such a motor on him. But the problem is, with this six again restart rules that got introduced last year, and they very much struggled with this at the first half of last year before getting kind of used to it in the second half. But the game's speeding up even more with, you know, kicks out now not resulting in scrums, just in taps and the motion and the speed of the game increasing. I don't... You have to be very careful when you got guys like Adam Fanua Blake and whether to start him off the bench as an impact player or, you know, as I said, he's one of the best props in the world when he's on fire, but you don't want to burn him out too quickly. I mean, if the game's going to have such a quick tempo, you've got to be very careful with this forward pack that they've got enough motor and not tire out to, you know, add some intensity to their runs to make their meters, but also not to drop off the fence because if these big forwards get tired really quickly, the Warriors could be some in some serious trouble in defense. As I said, they've signed a couple of strike players, so I'm not too worried about their attack. If Nikarima and Harris Tavita, usually at least one of them get it right, and they can work on their combination, I think they can score points and get the ball out wide to guys like Fusatua and Mamalo, some real strike weapons for them. So I think they will score points if they keep at it, and I'm sure Nathan Brown will, and Phil Gould would have worked on their structures in attack during the offseason and to improving it. But as I said, they're such a big side, the Warriors. They're one of the biggest teams in the competition in terms of weight and and forward uh, you know, size. They've got to be very careful not to get burnt out and not to uh, get fatigued very quickly in games. And they've really got to, you know, hold hold on to, you know, the the competitive fire and spirit for the whole eighty minutes, which sometimes, as you guys know, if you've been following rugby league for a long time, the Warriors can be known to, you know, really disappoint occasionally when when the pressure's on them and when they're expected to win, they often drop matches. But 2020 was a little bit differently different. Obviously, if you listen, go back and, or if you did listen to any of the podcasts that I put up last year, you'll see that I wasn't too critical in the Warriors because they had so much crazy circumstances. They were the reason the competition continued throughout the course of 2020. They're sacrificed six months away from their family. You can't blame them. If they're forced to do that again this year, which hopefully they're not, hopefully they're allowed to play in New Zealand matches at home this season. But if they're forced to stay in Australia for another year, I don't know how they're going to handle it because that long away from your family, I mean, it was a shorter off-season as it is, it's going to have a significant impact on you and players could either rise up and, you know, use it as motivation to be finalists and to to push themselves to the absolute limit so they could just fold and their defence, as I said, it's an issue. And if they've got that stuff going on outside and off the football field, it could impact their on-field performances. So I'd like to see RTS create a little bit more. He's already an inspirational captain. But if he can keep these guys focused and Nathan Brown with his new structures, he's very good at getting teams off the bottom of the ladder, Nathan Brown, as you saw him do with Newcastle. But he's just got to get them focused and not concentrating on these off-field stuff, which could be pretty much impossible depending on their situation this year. But if he can do that, they'll be around the top eight area. It's just, as I said, a matter of um, a matter of getting it right. And they've got a huge game to start the year at three o'clock on Saturday next Saturday afternoon against the Gold Coast Titans. That will be a huge test considering the Titans have a bunch of new signings. The Warriors have a lot to riding on you know their early performances so they only won three games in the first half of the year it should be a massive match so I'm predicting the Warriors to finish in 11th position I think they're going to be around that 7th to 12th kind of area competing for the top 8 I just don't think that this year is their year they've got to find they've got to find who's going to lead this team in the future RTS obviously going to Rugby Union is Harris, Tavita and 
Cody Nicarima a long-term half solution? And is their forward pack too big? What's their plan to keep mobile? They've really got to use those interchanges smartly. If they can do that, obviously they can compete. And if they get it all right, they'll be within the mix for the top eight for sure. All right, well, that was my New Zealand Warriors season preview for 2021. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please remember to go back and listen to all the other previous season previews I've done throughout the course of the last couple of weeks. We've got plenty more to go. This is the 8th out of 16. So we've still got eight more season previews to come. And I can't wait to... Uh, to see what you guys think of my ladder when it's fully done, I'll go through the whole ladder on the first week of Steve's NRL footy tips. So next Tuesday afternoon, we'll go through my whole ladder, do a bit of a recap show, and uh, we'll see how we go. All right, thank you guys for listening to my show today, and I'll see you guys next time on Steve's 2021 NRL season previews.